in mom's gingerbread. Somebody snitched on me. I peeled just a little in my sister's bed. Somebody snitched on me. Spilled sanitizer on the rug. Kiss Christina on the mug. Gave grandma a big bear hug. Somebody snitched on me. Oh, I'm going maskless for Christmas. Mommy and daddy are glad. Boy, are they glad. I'm going maskless for Christmas. Cause no one can tell good from bad. I stood too close to teacher's chair. Somebody snitched on me. Didn't wash the snot off my teddy bear. Somebody snitched on me. I did number two in mom's plants. At least you made it, did it in my pants. Mom's in plants, somebody snitched on me. Harrisburg holiday parade was a bit unusual. 
Well, the whole year was unusual, Alicia. Uh, what I mean is, the 2020 holiday parade held entirely on City Island, and it was called a reverse parade. Have you been on the island? Must have been challenging for all those vehicles and floats to navigate the, that circle driving in reverse. And I'm not going to touch that one. Hello, I'm Alicia Richards. And I'm Dennis Owens. Welcome to live ABC 27 coverage of the holiday parade that's going to be even more unusual than last year's. That's because Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman is running for senator. And uh, to help out his friend, current Governor Tom Wolf has decided to put a new idea into the creative pipe and, yes, smoke it. Yes, it's the first ever Harrisburg Cannabis Parade. It's just about to get underway. And there's sure a lot of excitement among the participants. I don't know about excitement, Alicia. They look pretty mellow to me. Uh, let's take it down to the ABC 27 reporter on the street, uh, Allie Lanyon, for an up-close look at all the excitement. Thank you, Dennis. From where you sit, maybe you can't see all the enthusiasm I'm seeing, and, well, maybe you also can't see it because of the huge cloud of smoke. Um, so, oh my. So, maybe you can't see all the excitement, but, you know, I'm starting, starting to have the most fun I've ever had. Oh, I mean as a reporter and all. Uh, you, sir, you, sir, holding the rope to the giant balloon representing a giant joint? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's a balloon? I don't believe it. Here, I'll take another hit. <laughs> wow, I guess I guess it's not a real joint, silly me. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely a balloon. Um, so, sir, tell me, what do you think is the significance of Pennsylvania's capital holding a parade like this one? <laughs> significance? Hey, everyone, the sexy lady holding the shiny phallus wants to know the significance of this parade. <laughs> I don't think it's a silly question. <laughs> well, but apparently they do. It's apparently. easy, lady. We get all we get to smoke all the weed we want out in the open for a couple of hours. Yeah. And while we smoke and march. Yeah. I prefer to march and smoke, man, in that order. Hey, Dexter gets kind of uh, anal when he does his cheeching. Where's it the Chong Chong? I, I get confused. It's cheating, man. It's definitely right. cheating. Right. Well, like I was saying, not only do we get to march and blaze away with all those food trucks parked around the perimeter, we have instant access to all the munchies we could possibly desire. Everyone, Mad Dash Grilled Cheese! Yes, yes, oh my gosh, we are. We're passing by the Mad Dash Grilled Cheese food truck right now! No, I mean... Mad Dash to the grilled cheese right now. Wait, wait, you can't do that. Or the... Whoa, Juanita's bye-bye. Juanita? Yeah, that's the name of our balloon. At least it looks like a regular-sized joint now. Yeah, right. Well, I'm going to send it back to Alicia and Dennis now. Wait, wait. We, we need you for one of our floats. Will, will you help us out, pretty lady? A float? Which one? The Miss Mary Jane float. Some parades have their dairy princesses. We have our Miss Mary Jane. Well, <laughs> I, I, why not? I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, like rain on anybody's parade. Hey, man, that's not funny, okay? You don't want to be joking about toking when you're soaking, okay? <laughs> oh, I know that wrong. But it wasn't really funny, was it? <laughs> what are you talking about? It was freaking hilarious, I think. Oh, no. I've been a little shooter. And Dennis oh. Owens. Oh, really?
live coverage of Harrisburg's 2021 Cannabis Parade. Oh, look, here comes John Fetterman. We're going to say a Oh, Mary Jane Miss. spiritualists, and they held a seance in the secret basement of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And now, hold on to your earplugs, it's dead rock stars singing Christmas classics. Time to take the candy from a baby and eat it too, with Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Stephanie Germanata, you know her as Lady Gaga. 
Hollywood for decades. This happens to have a great snarls of his own. Our host and leader of the pack, Rocky himself, Sylvester Stallone. Yo, 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 thanks. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Uh, hey, hey, my nose keeps growing in my old age. I uh, just wish everything else did, if <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, hey, welcome to another game of What's My Stench? Ordinary, everyday people like you and me, well, kind of like you and me, trying to stump our panel from guessing what they had to eat. Let's begin with our first contestant. Enter and sign in, please. Mr. Melvin Broom. Okay, Mr. Broom. And I'm reading here that you are a plumber from Bangor, Maine. I also understand you were recently chowed down on a rather large meal of your favorite dish. Are you ready to share it with us? Well, well, I suppose so. I've been saving up for most of the day, you know. Excellent, excellent. Uh, panel, are you youngs ready? Yeah. Please go right ahead, Mr. Broom, and uh, give them your clue. Well, all right. If you're sure. <laughs> since I made Stopper, my mom will shoot. <laughs> hey, we'll start out the guessing with Miss Streisand. Well, that's a very interesting um, odor um, that you've shared. <laughs> As a highly traveled and respected artist, I think I have a slight advantage here. I've been to Maine many times, many times. I sense a certain richness that makes me think um, seafood, um, and if you're from Maine, I'd have to guess lobster roll. Am I right? Am I right? Sorry, that ain't correct. Uh, we'll move on to Mr. Wilson. Uh, you packed quite a punch there, Mel. <laughs> it reminds me of the buffet from a popular film I was in, The Wedding Crash. <laughs> I believe I ripped off something that smelled like that after I ate some shrimp that had been left under the lights too long. So I I'm going with the rotten shrimp. Yeah, that's a very interesting theory there, Owen. Uh, but that's a big fat no. The last guess goes to Miss Gaga. Uh, thanks, Rocky. <laughs> Sylvester, you really blasted a dandy there, Melvin, and I have the olfactory equivalent of perfect pitch. And I agree, there's definitely a seafood base here. But I'm picking up a slight oily edge, a certain spiciness. It's making my eyes water a bit. Mr. Broom, I believe you recently enjoyed a nice dish of blackened Arctic. my stench home game and a few food items left over from the green room buffet. <laughs> now, we come to everyone's favorite pot, the introduction of our mystery guest. Panel, please put on your freaking blindfolds and also your noise-canceling headphones so I can talk directly to our audience. Okay? Everybody got them on, okay? Mystery guest, please enter the ring. Welcome, President Joe Biden. Thank you for joining us, Mr. President. Please sit here. 
No, not on my lap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I, I, you said you said here. In this chair, next to the rock. Come on, man, I don't see a rock. Next to me. Okay, how's this? It's probably better if you sit facing the audience. Oh, 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 oh there's an audience. I'm not used to that. There are usually no people around on that sound stage they built for me in the basement of the, uh, the big uh, house. The white tell me which way to face when I sit down in that studio place. No joke. Done. Hey, that's fine, Chris. I'll, I'll try to be more succinct next time. Now, in a moment, I'm going to have the panel take off their headphones, so it's important that you don't speak or want them identifying your voice. Well, they don't usually like me to talk unless I have to, so that's fine. Okay, a production assistant's punch, I mean tap, our panel on their shoulders to let them know to remove their headphones, please. And you, and you should tell them to lower the mask because they're, they're worried about their eyes are too, they're too high. I know masks. Those are, those are blindfolds, you idiot, not masks. And if you don't stop your yapping, they're going to know you're here. Come on, man, I am here. Yes, you are, sir, but we don't want to know you are yet. I am what? Here. Yes, I'm right here. You, what, you can't see me? Am I invisible again? Mr. President, please stop talking. That, that's what my staff keeps telling me. Mr. President! Yeah, okay, okay, now. Uh, you're looking really tough there. You should consider playing a boxer movie someday. Yeah. Now, please have the panel yank off the headphones. Okay, panel? Our mystery guest is here and ready to try to stump you. Hello. Shh. Sorry. Now, mystery guest... Please, sir, share your clue. Mystery guest? Is that me? <laughs> Shh, because it's you. Please don't talk. Just do it. Do what? What they told you to do. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, all right. Here goes. <laughs> Excuse me. Obviously, our mystery guest is President Joe Biden. Oh, that's amazing. Hello. Oh, presidential fight. <laughs> we have gotten a good whiff of, of, of this because we're almost out of time. Uh, let's start with Owen Wilson. Owen, what do you think? Okay, great. Uh, I'll take a good guess about the president's bowels. Uh, I'm picking up a sweet scent. Kind of nutty, too. Uh, I'd say you had a couple slices of I'm afraid that is incorrect. I, I don't like pie. I like ice cream. Ms. Gaga, you're up. This is such an honor, Mr. President. I admire you and, and your stench so much. You're just wonderful. <laughs> I love the way your fart smells. Okay. I'm going to guess you have been drinking Old Spice. Okay. Miss Streisand. I'm a big fan of the President as well. This nose of mine tells me he's been eating good, working-class meals. The same as all the union workers across America. Or maybe a cellophane-wrapped sandwich from the lunch counter at the Amtrak station. I'm afraid the president has fooled you all. Mr. President, share what you had for breakfast today. You mean again? It's, it's still right here in my Depends. Mr. President, 
What did you eat for breakfast this morning? Gee, that was a long time ago. Let's see. I got up and I went over and peed in the closet. And I went down to the kitchen and had uh, prunes. Lots of prunes. Mounts of prunes. I ate three. You ate three prunes for breakfast? Three and a half trillion prunes. <laughs> it's my build my, my bowels back better program. <laughs> some side effects, but it sure does keep the eye. But it sure it comes with some side effects, but it sure keeps the infrastructure flowing. Three and a half trillion prunes. Hey, that is a huge number, Mr. President. It almost like my contract for Rocky 20, 25, or something like that. That would take billions of trucks just to get him to the White House. You're a lion dog-faced pony soldier. I really don't know how much it is. <laughs> well, I think we had enough of this tonight. Hey, thanks for joining us for What's My Stench. We'll be back with something just as uh, tasteful next week. Or oh, maybe not. Liquor Motel in Brunswick, 
just past the, past the traffic light that used to be red but hasn't changed since 1977. <laughs> Might be hard to stop, definitely worth it once you do. J. Trump Presidential Library, brought to you by Celebrity Books on Tape, featuring this week, The Old Testament, read by Gilbert Gottfried. From Genesis chapter 38, verses 8 through 10, then Judah said to Onan, go into your brother's wife and perform your duty as a brother-in-law to her and raise up offspring for your brother. Jesus fucking Christ, what happened to thou shalt not covet? Hey guys, it's freaking okay to cover your neighbor's wife as long as she's married to your brother. Now on to scenes from the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library. Episode 1, Are Those My Own Footsteps? Hello? Hello, anyone? You've been listening to scenes from the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library. Brought to you by Celebrity Books on Tape. If two men, a man and his countrymen, are struggling together and the wife of one comes to deliver her husband from the hand of the one who is striking him and puts out her hand and seizes his genitals, then you shall not cut off her hand. Holy shit, why does she grab his balls instead of maybe hitting him with a two-by-four? And why does she get her freaking hand cut off for defending her husband? Experience the riveting drama of 
kosher chickens searching for their eggs in three revolutionary Russian villages. We assure you, it's exceptional. teacher, so don't tell anyone who heard it from us. It's time for little-known moments in colonial history. Tonight, the Incontinental Army. It was January 2nd, 1777, and General George Washington had led his special Incontinental Army to the city of Trenton, New Jersey, in what was to become known as the Battle of Assunpink Creek. That's the actual name, people. Washington's Incontinental troops were ready to square off with the British. Well done. Well, almost. General Washington! General Washington! Yes, Private. What is it this time? Do you have to take a leak again? <laughs> Sorry, sir, but it must be the coffee. We're all out of coffee, soldier. The tea, then? Out of that, too. Does anyone else have to take a pee? Nope. Like yeah. a racehorse. <laughs> well, there's no privies out here. Ass and Pink Creek is just ahead. Can everyone wait until we reach the creek? That's actually a good question, General. Why is it called Ass and Pink? I don't know. It's about to be called Ass and Yellow. You've been listening to Little No Moments in Little Tune in next week for the Incontinental Congress. a team of spiritualists and they held a seance in the secret basement of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And now, hold on to your earplugs, it's dead rock stars singing Christmas classics. Time to guide Santa's sleigh again with Fats Domino. You made him fly when you said fly in
My name's Mike Rowe, and this is my job. I explore the country looking for people who aren't afraid to get dirty. Hard-working men and women who earn an honest living doing the kinds of jobs that make civilized life possible for the rest of us. So get ready to get dirty. Today I am here in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Stuttgart is about 55 miles east of Little Rock, and it's known as the duck hunting capital of the world. It's not a big town, but in the world of waterfowl, this is considered sacred ground. I'm here today to learn the dirty and oft-forgotten art of dead duck chucking. With me is Otis Tyrell, world's greatest duck chucker. They call me Cannon on account of my ability to launch them dead ducks high up in the air. Yes, folks, when duck hunters want to practice their shooting skills before the big hunt, they often turn to expert dead duck chuckers like Cannon here. Cannon, can you explain to the folks at home exactly what it is that you do? Well, instead of the skeet machine that launches clay birds in the air for folks to shoot at, I toss them dead ducks up for shooting practice. Well, don't the, the ducks fall apart when you toss them up? Not if you're dead long enough. See, you, you want to achieve maximum rigor mortis so it's not fall apart when you heave them up in the air. Here, watch this. Well, that went pretty high up. I can see why they call you Cannon. Yeah, well, now you try. Here, give, give him a, a good toss here. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Here goes. Well, that didn't go too far at all. And look, the legs fell off. Now, see, you chose one that hadn't been dead long enough. You gotta test it first. Give her a poke. Poke, poke, poke. You don't want one to, to give in much. Okay, go ahead. Try, try this one. Okay, okay, I, I'm poking, no, no give. I, I think this is a good one, but, but boy, do they stink. I'm sure this job doesn't do too much for your love life, Cannon. No, sir, I'm still single. Uh, now, give that duck a, a big old heave-ho, and I'll blast it out of the air with my 30 out 6 Here goes.
presenting Scenes from the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library, brought to you by Celebrity Books on Tape, featuring this week Dr. Seuss's Fox and Socks, read by Roseanne Barr. <laughs> Fox and Socks on Fox on Knocks. Chick with Bricks Cup. Chicks with Blocks Cup. Chicks with bricks and blocks and cocks cup. Ah! I said cocks. How else is a fucking chick gonna come if all she has to play with is, is blocks and, 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 and not cocks? And now, on to scenes from the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library, episode two The Make America Great Outdoors. If you build it, they will come. What? You mean the library hasn't even been built yet? What I meant to say is if the ex-president is willing to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars of his own money, the library will be built. Oh. And why isn't it? Like I'm forced to do. I'm fucking Christmas shopping. 
watch the same tired old Christmas cartoons again and again. Don't you deserve a fresh take on some of your favorites? Freeform TV, in conjunction with ABC, announced contemporary spin-offs of Christmas cartoon classics, brought to you by Blah Booster. The new pick-me-up, put-me-down, pick-me-up-again mood enhancer <laughs> from Johnson, Johnson & Johnson. Perfect for beating those holiday blues. Now available in an easy-to-use inhaler form. Breathe in, breathe out, beat the blahs with Blah Booster. Now, for tonight's first contemporary spin-off this holiday season, Slushy the Slush Man. I suppose it all started with the snow. A very special kind of snow. The kind that's been laying around in back alleyways, dollar store parking lots, for weeks on end. Brown or borderline black, with little specks of yellow mixed in, and a sort of viscous sheet that you didn't want to look at, yet couldn't resist. You see, due to climate change, the first Christmas snow had come early that year, about a month early. So it had been lying around in loathsome mounds, attracting all that car exhaust and the sneezes and snot of passersby for all that time. So that even a huge pile of slush in the school playground was, well, it's something beautiful to behold. Something magical was bound to happen, right? Such a white snow supremacist, Billy. Whoa. Come on, everyone. Let's build a snowman. Yay! 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 But what will we call him? How about Sludge? Oh, Poopy McPoofy. Oh, no, 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 baby. Slushy? Yes, let's call him Slushy the Slushman. Oh, yeah! Yay! But what can we use for his nose? Oh, how about this? A used syringe? Slush man, as close to dead as he could be. 
And the children say he had more acne than a whole school bus of teens. He led them through the blighted streets and alleys rat infested. And he only paused a moment when a cop said, you're arrested. Oh, slushy, the slush man had to flee away on foot. Race little digits saying, hey, little midgets, me and Frosty be in the hood. You've been watching a special preview of Slushy the Slush Man on Freedom TV. <laughs> Stay tuned for a rebroadcast of last season's hit, Grandpa Pete threw off the tap dance on Grandma's grave. <laughs> Stories with Grandpa Cherrywood. Because bedtime stories are for putting you to sleep, and morning time stories are for waking your ass up. Good man, Gray. It's a cruel world out there. Gotta start the day with your eyes wide open. So wake up already, you lazy boneheads. In the time-honored tradition of bedtime classics, like if you give a mouse a cookie and if you give a pig a pancake, here's Grandpa Cherrywood with his reading of If You Give a Boar a Bazooka. Yeah, the randy little rips and wusses. Everybody got your hot coffees. Mine tastes funny. Of course it does. Been spiked with Red Bull. <laughs> Don't let anybody fall asleep. Okay, story time. Grandpa Cherrywood will be the narrator, and I need a, a volunteer to read the part of Bathsheba the Boar. You with the pigtails. What's your name? Becky. No, not Becky. You're Bathsheba the Boar for today. I don't want to be a boar. And I don't want to be your pretend grandpa. Do you hear me, <laughs> belly aching? Okay. Uh, pick up your goddamn storybook and read. Here we go. If you give a boar a bazooka, she'll want some ammunition to go with it. May I please have some CHM65 high explosive anti-tank shells? Oh, I don't like this story. And I don't like whacking the weasel all alone on Saturday night. Why did your mother have to go change the lock on her doors? Can you answer that? No. Anyway, when the poor gets all dirty from blowing stuff up to smithereens, she'll want to go jump in the freaking lake to wash it off. May I please have my floaty? This isn't, that isn't part of the script. But, but I don't swim real good yet. We're on a schedule here, okay? Fine. When you give Bathsheba her favorite little... Little pony floaty with water wings and canopy. Now might as well give her a propeller. Yeah, and, and she can fly instead of swim. Then you can get your floaty cry, baby. You'll you'll get homesick. I, I want to go home and play with my friends. When you arrive home unannounced and discover your daddy is in bed with Aunt Zelda, you want your kitty camera so you can send pictures to mommy. Guess you want envelopes and stamps next. With my smartphone, I can take pictures and send them, so there. Little smarties with a smartphone. When you go outside and rolling around the mud, because that's what wild boars like to do, you discover your older brother. We'll call him Beazabub, digging a massive tunnel, because he's trying to escape from the hell he's been forced to call home for the past 12 years. I don't have a brother. We're just playing a part, you brat! <laughs> 
But you do have a bastard brother. More than one, trust me on that. When your father comes out in the yard and discovers Beelzebub's tunnel, he tosses a grenade and obliterates the entire escape room. Kaboom! 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 Well, it appears Bobby's finally woken up. Welcome to the story time, Bobby. Here, have some more Red Bull for your java. And when the mud and the dust and the shrapnel comes falling down into Bathsheba's widow head, she remembers her favorite bazooka. Can I please have some maple syrup and a pancake to go with it? Again, that's not part of the script, you moron! In fact, it's from a much different script. Come on, it's just a little, one little line left. Read it! Nice segue, Becky. Come back next week for the Morning Time Stories, where Grandpa Cherrywood reads The Huge Obese Caterpillar. Yeah. 
But make sure you have plenty of cash, because Mr. Scrooge ain't going to be buying. The Great Expectorations Theme Park and Spittoon Salvage Centre. Has a nice ring to it, don't you think? Just to the east of West London, within spitting distance of the River Thames. <laughs> a team of spiritualists and they held a seance in the secret basement of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And now, hold on to your earplugs, it's dead rock stars singing Christmas classics. Time to reevaluate your yearly commitment to cutting down a fresh Christmas tree with Tom Petty.
will somehow some kind of tree turns you into a liar <laughs> blinded by more than tinsel when you said it would never catch fire <laughs> honey it'll make a difference you'll see baby everyone deserves a shiny plastic tree you see you don't Saturnalia Fancy Brigade to order. In preparation for the 2022 parade, we are being required to attend the sensitivity training and agree with a code of conduct. Seriously? Uh, Alright, in the past, in the past, we've been accused of using hate speech, racist, sexist, anti-LGBTQ and culturally insensitive costumes, makeup and images. Moving forward, we'll no longer be doing the following. No wench costumes, it's offensive to women and insulting to fashion designers everywhere. <laughs> no blackface, redface, brownface. No priests chasing altar boys. Aww. No Arabs with turbans. No Mexicans with sombreros or oriental geishas. No making fun of Black Lives Matter. No mocking Caitlyn Jenner. No American Indians chasing settlers. No puppets. No puppets. Seems what? Kermit the Frog wrote a letter saying it's insensitive and degrading to Muppets. <laughs> no feathers on costumes, unless they're naturally sourced. PETA had a problem with that, as well as all portrayals of barnyard animals, unless they are depicted in a bucolic setting as free-range and cage-free. <laughs> yeah. And no strutting or sachet. So what's left? Can we still get to drink because I yeah. really like that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they left us that. Oh, okay. so, so what we got here is a bunch of white dudes in a string band walking down the street. Yep, that about sums it up. Well, that doesn't sound very interesting. Nope, nope, no, we're done. Uh, but we still get to drink. Drink! I think we're going to have to. Yeah. Bring <laughs> <laughs> It's the first half of our show. Hope you enjoyed it. Take about a 10 15 minute break.
Here we come, a wassailing among the leaves so green. Here we come, a wandering so fair to be seen. What the hell is wassailing or googling right now? Before we go a wandering, we have to know somehow. Our wassail cup is made of the rosemary tree, and so is your beer of the best barley. Why would we want a wassail cup carved from a trunk? Oh wait, you're saying wassail's beer, who would have thunk? We are not daily beggars that beg from door to door, but we are neighbors' children whom you have seen before. Why do we go begging when we have mugs of beer? Okay, some pretzels might be nice, or a three musketeers. I'm hungry. <laughs> Call up the butler of this house, put on his golden ring. Bring us up a glass of beer, and better we shall sing. Now you're talking, my good friend, a butler would be cool. Bring us shots of Jameson, I'll sing just like they grow. Bring us out a table and spread it with a cloth. Bring us out some moldy cheese and some of your Christmas loaf. A moldy cheese, a Christmas loaf? I'm really not that drunk. I think it's time to end this song before we're blowing chunks. Love and joy come to you, and to you your cold beers too. And God bless you and send you a COVID-free new year. And God send you a COVID-free new year. Let's call this meeting to order. Order, please. Pennsylvania House Subcommittee on New Objects to Drop, Raise, or Let Flap in the Wind on New Year's Eve will now commence. <clears throat> what about objects to eat? Lebanon drops a real bologna, you know. I mean, why should they be the only town that gets to drop a, a real edible? I agree with the representative from Punxsutawney. Yeah. We should be promoting more edibles on New Year's Eve, like maybe yeah. Dillsburg should drop a giant pickle that's real, not made of paper mache. <laughs> Altering this committee's objectives is not within my current purview, but the secretary will make note of it. The purpose of today's meeting is twofold. Recommend additional objects for dropping, raising, or flapping to bring in New Year's as a way to draw more tourists to small towns in Pennsylvania during the holiday season, and to receive feedback from the citizens of said towns regarding objects for dropping, raising, or flapping. The chair recognizes the young man from the town of Beaver. Let me guess. You want to drop a stuffed beaver on New Year's? Nope, not a stuffed one. Live beaver. <laughs> really big. Strings of lights so you can see them for miles. Objection, Your Honor. This is not a court of law. <laughs> Who might you be? I'm Myron from Big Beaver. My town already has secured the rights of dropping a really big beaver with strings of lights. <laughs> and the town of Beaver does the same thing. Well, hell, we'll lose half our crowd on New Year's. Can't one of you raise your beaver instead, or maybe swing it around in midair. There's plenty of beaver to go around in Pennsylvania. Next we have uh, someone from the town of Hazard. I see you have a hazmat suit standing next to you. Um, yes. Is that what you want to raise on New Year's Eve, sir? Um, sure. Uh, yeah, I sure do. Wait a minute. Is that suit moving? No. I mean, maybe. It's possible. Okay. Help me, who won't let me out of the suit? Help! Help! Shh, 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 
will you? My wife says she'll be honored to be attached to a flagpole and lift on 100 feet in the air and then get stuck up there for a couple hours. Give me a chance to go out drinking with my buddies. Quiet! I'm afraid we can't have any live objects drop, raised, or left flapping in the wind. Hey, hey, look, we let the Latin and Bologna drop, and Bologna used to be alive. Here we go with the Bologna again. Let's move on, shall we? I was afraid this one might come up. We have a Mr. Chris Harley from the town of Intercourse with a giant condom. Yes, sir. Complete with a reservoir tip and ribs. Yep. Someone will have to unroll it or inflate it or something. Mm, not a problem. We've got lots of men in the Intercourse, sir. You mean in Intercourse. Lots of men in the town of Intercourse. Oh, that too. Okay. Any objections to raising a giant sex sheet in the town of Intercourse on New Year's Eve? You, sir, with the long beard and broad-brimmed hat. Ja, I'm Amos Doskos. I'm from the community that does not believe in the stoppage of the semen, especially stoppage and capturing on such a grand scale. But uh, it'll be a fake contest. Ah, yeah, but the semen, it will be real. Oh, I, don't, I don't think there'll be any... Mr. Harley, I see you're shaking your head. Oh, it'll be real, Mr. Chairman. Like I said before, we have tons of men in the intercourse. I think I've heard enough for one afternoon. This meeting is adjourned until tomorrow morning. team of spiritualists, and they held a seance in the secret basement of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, hold on to your earplugs one more time for dead rock stars singing Christmas classics. Time to order up a round of white, frothy merrymaking for the holiday season with John Lennon. <laughs>
are all thirsty now. <laughs> Tell me who, who sparked the eggnog out of the cup of tea? Who, who brought the booze to the Christmas party this year? Who, who sparked the eggnog? It smells like rum in here. Who, who <laughs> suck it in? We're gonna feel it tomorrow, I fear. <laughs>
you know the gloves and the goggles and the smoke there in the back? Is he cooking up some of Biatch's chicken soup? Oh, I don't know what he's cooking. Oh, but just get the hell out of my face. Now, easy, son. Didn't mean to Hi. Put down the pistol and I'll back out of here nice and easy. Oops. Oh, no. Neil, look what you done. Prepare to get bowled over in a good way. 
Ben's bowler dash on the Carlisle Pike next to the new fucking restaurant. <laughs> don't, don't ask. That's what it's called. <laughs> Entertainment is fully cooked and ready in three minutes as well, because everything is better with sausages in it. You'll be shouting, too. More Park Sausages, Mom, please. Now on to tonight's show. First up, Star Trek, the original series, season one, episode 11, The Sausage Maneuver. <laughs> one degree to overlap. Stand by to photograph. Now. Sir, contact with an object. It's moving toward us. No visual contact yet. Deflectors, full intensity. It's coming at sizzling speed. Evasive maneuvers. Maneuvers, Mr. Zulu. <laughs> Object changing direction too, sir. Keeps coming at us. Ahead slow. Steer a course around it, Mr. Zulu. It's blocking the way. There's more than one. All connected like links. All engines stop. Sound the alert. Ah! Ah! Bridge to all decks. Ah! Condition alert. All decks. Condition alert. Captain Kirk to the bridge. Captain's log. Stardate 1512.2. On our third day of our star mapping, an unexplained cylindrical object blocked our vessel's path. <laughs> On the bridge, the crew had come down with an unknown medical condition. Saliva flowing uncontrollably from their mouths. Mr. Spock was the only one who could control his emotions and appetite. Anything further, gentlemen? I believe it adds up to either one of two possibilities, sir. First, a giant sex toy from the planet Orgasmatron. <laughs> this is Star Trek, not Barbarella, Spock. Your second possibility? Some type of ground meat. Perhaps pork. Stuffed into a giant membrane, perhaps intestine, possibly man-made. Scotty, could we beam it aboard? That will require all the power we've got, Captain. So you're saying no power will be left for cooking breakfast? Or having breakfast for dinner. This is serious. Phaser crew, stand ready. Phaser crew reports ready, sir. Fire, main, phasers. That didn't sound like phasers to me. <laughs> Captain's log, stardate 1514.0. This giant outer space wiener, for want of a better word, has been destroyed, or rather, burnt to a crisp. <laughs> Ship's damage minor, but the morale of my hungry crew had mysteriously deteriorated. My next decision, major. Probe on, ahead, or turn back. New contact, Captain. Exceptionally strong. Distant spectrograph. Beef. No pork. Similar to previous cylinder, only much larger, a much greater caloric reading. Phaser crews. Stand ready. 
A message coming over my navigation beam. Pick it up. <laughs> this is Balok, commander of the flagship Thesarius of the First Federation. Your vessel, obviously the product of a primitive and savage civilization, having ignored a warning sausage and having then destroyed it, has demonstrated your intention is not peaceful and that you trust no other food than that created via your replicators. <laughs> we are now considering the disposition of your ship and the life aboard. Ship to ship, I mean, ship to sausage. <laughs> Hailing frequencies open, Captain. Seems like our hailing frequencies are in <laughs> 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 Do you want to talk to me or not? <laughs> Speak, Earthling imbecile. <laughs> this, this is the captain of the Enterprise speaking. <laughs> the warning nature of your space sausage was unknown to us. Our vessel was blocked, and our crew had contracted food poisoning when we partied on the planet Chipotle. <laughs> so our stomachs were on what you would call red alert. That is why we incinerated your sausage buoy. <laughs> Certainly you can make more sausages, correct? All you need is a meat grinder and some spices, after all. Your memory banks have been examined. You have been warned. Your ship must be destroyed. We grant you ten Earth time periods, known as minutes, to make preparations. Ten Earth minutes? The average time to thoroughly cook Earth sausage, by my estimates. That would, that would depend on whether it's fresh or brown and served, Spock. They're shutting off on... <laughs> some of our systems, Captain. Brilliant. Extremely sophisticated in their methods. All engine systems show dead. And weapon systems. You are wasting time and effort. There is no escape. You have eight Earth minutes left. This is the captain of the Enterprise. Please stop telling me who you are, Earthling imbecile. <laughs> Sorry, force of habit. There's one critical item of information that has never been incorporated into the memory banks of any Earth ship. Since the early years of space exploration, Earth vessels have had incorporated into them a substance known as a maple syrup. Maple syrup, Captain? Seems completely illogical. Illogical, but pure magic on the taste buds. Quiet. Both of you. I know what I'm doing. Maple syrup is a material which prevents attacks on us. Yes, that's right. And when poured on sausages while simultaneously consuming hotcakes or French toast, it makes everything on your plate one big, intoxicatingly sweet mess. <laughs> makes you forget all the problems of the day and think of world peace. No, make that galactic peace. Time's almost up, Captain. Eleven, ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey. Nothing happened. The destruction of your vessel has been delayed. We will cancel destruction once we can verify the existence of your maple syrup substance. <laughs> what a surprise, right, Bob? We all know how this will play out in the end, huh? Sausages triumphing over evil. Hey! And if all that drama helped you to work up an appetite, better have some park sausages within easy reach. Set your phasers to brown and served, and then enjoy. 
Tune in next week for more Park Sausage Radio. Until then... More Park Sausages, Mom!
Behind the Scenes from the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library, brought to you by Celebrity Books on Tape. This week, featuring President Joe Biden, reading The 39 Steps by John Butchin. Number 39. Yeah, that's, that's the sound right. Listen, here's the deal. It's like this. Number one. I've done that. I did that a while ago. Okay, number two. Yeah, I, I did that the same time I did number one, I think. Well, wait a minute. Did you say 39? Bunch of malarkey. I, I don't have 39 steps. I, I don't care how, how small they are. <laughs> now on to scenes from the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library, Episode 3. It's just a matter of time. Yo, Mr. Trump, you done gave me the wrong book. No, no, I don't think so. Next convicted murderer, rapist. No, no, no. I asked you for a book to help me get out of this hellhole, like a law book. Instead, I get this lame-ass book with your ugly puss on the cover. The Art of the Deal. Greatest book on earth. Maybe greater than the Bible, which I read every day. <laughs> Here I renewed it for you. Added my autograph. Read it and prosper. How can I fucking prosper if I can't get out of jail? I'm in jail. I'm prospering. Prospering more than any incarcerated ex-president in history. <laughs> You've been listening to scenes from the Donald J. Trump Presidential Library, brought to you by Celebrity Books on Tape. Okay, so my aides tell me that there's an actual book named The 39 Steps. Okay, so so I'll try this again. Number one, I've never read the book, so I'll be lost if I try to read it to you. And number two, there's a, a movie version by Alfred Hitchcock, so why not just watch that instead of listening to a tape? A bunch of morons. should take you out behind the bleachers. Seance in the secret basement of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and now, hold on to your earplugs. It's dead rock stars singing Christmas classics here to bring you a Christmas that's not only white but ultra vanilla. It's Shannon Hoon of Blind Melon. <laughs> <laughs>
to, well, read the way nature intended. Mayano, tell our audience just how to take their cutouts make you feel. Like my balls got out of prison. <laughs> I wouldn't pay Bullocks to be a parole officer for your Bullocks. What do you think, Jude? Too much or too little? I'm all for my boys being able to breathe, but uh, definitely too much. Oh, I suppose you're right. Maybe to take the cutouts are only meant for the boudoir. Tell the designers to come up with a pajamas-only version, okay? Fashion police. Fashion police. Fashion police. Fashion police. Bye bye, everyone. Fashion police. Join us next time for the fashion police when we say guilty or innocent to a revival of Bell Bomb or Bell. I'm mucked it up. And it's Bell Bomb.
Is that like quaaludes or something? Or maybe it's like sniffing the ink out of a quill pen. That sounds kind of weird. Weird and dangerous. Mr. Vick says stop and relax. Kevin just needed a break in the middle of the day. An escape, if you will. Oh, so you hypnotized him. No, he took a single dose of dead quill. You mean Kevin is dead? Not quite. Not quite. He took a single dose of dead quill. You've heard of day, night quill and day quill, right? Yeah, sure. You take out stuff when you got a cold or flu. Is Kevin sick? Sick of his stressful day, maybe. You see, dead quill isn't a treatment for the cold or the flu. And it's not really a medicine. More like a tonic for when life's been tossing too many lemons at you. Haven't you ever heard of lemonade, dude? Dead quill's secret herbal formula, first discovered by llama herders in Tibet, shuts down all your body's external senses, thereby making you dead to the world. So you can hide away without really having to hide. Oh, how cool! I want some dead quill. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Mr. Vix. Dead quill, the anytime stressing, hand wringing, hair pulling, dry eye, tight jaw, so you can escape medicine. Wait, uh, did I just call it a medicine? No, it, it, it's a tonic. I, I'm I'm telling the truth. It's it's uh, there's nothing medicinal about it, and it's it's actually good for you. Would you like to quill too? Purchase your ticket. 
now for the 2021 Membrum Viral Extreme Cockfighting Championship. Remember, as always, front row tickets available at a reduced price. Because sometimes slap-happy cockers get carried away. And get too happy. <laughs> Brought to you by Worldwide Winkle Association. Be there. Be there. <laughs>
to do a British accent, she'll ask you which one of the four do you would prefer. <laughs> She's not good with British accents. But real trooper, she had dental a tooth, big tooth issue this week. She's oh, yeah. really Actually, I punched her through this. Kelly Iris. Yeah. I can screw it up my lines. It's all a lie. Next year, he's he's never missed a single rehearsal or performance since we've been doing this since 2003. He's like the Lou Gehrig of the troupe. He's also probably uh, Mel Blank's unknown nephew, Todd Matthews. Yay! I consider myself the luckiest man. And next, you probably know him best for the past John. He's played Mr. Potter. Well, he's happy as a clan to come that next year as Mr. Potter and our we're redoing It's a Wonderful Christmas Carol. Mr. John Butler. <laughs> also, thank you down here in the end. Our guest musician performing for us tonight, playing the accordion, Yusuf Malash. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. That's it for us this season. No, it's not. What? Pipe down. <laughs> the gentleman who brings us all together and makes sure we have places to practice and things to practice, and and occasionally humorous lines to say. Ladies and gentlemen, our chief cook, bottle washer, and the man who produces, directs, and then some. Randy Gross. Yay! Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Hope to see you next year for our Halloween and Christmas shows. Happy holidays to you. Thank you all for coming. Thank you.